Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast, the show where we zoom in on the latest tech news, products, and trends. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And in this episode, we're hosting our own E3. We're talking about what's new in the gaming world, the next-gen consoles, what to games to get excited about, and we're even inviting two of our friends on uh, as two sort of guest hosts uh, to help us dive in deeper to this topic. But first, let's dive into quick news. So Gabe, roll that intro. Welcome to Quick News, the latest new tech, tech news, and what's up next in tech. This is the segment where we talk about news and the latest goings on in tech. Of course, you know, this is our gaming episode, so let's do it right. And when we're talking about new tech, let's start by talking about the thing that really set the whole tech world ablaze this past week, the PS5 reveal. Now, even though we're both not gamers, I personally was watching it. Were you watching it, Stetson? I actually missed this one. Oh, okay. Well, I was that was I was hoping you would watch it because that would have been a really good setup. But either way, this had about like a million people watching on Twitch at one point, so ton of people tuned in. And even though the main thing to come out of this reveal was a bunch of memes about the new design of this uh, console, which you mean I router? personally, oh, okay, a fan router. I personally thought if you flip flip it sideways, it kind of looks like a reverse Oreo cookie. You know, two. I, I get it. Yeah, two white uh, on the outside, black in the middle type exactly. thing. Exactly. If you haven't seen the design, it's I personally think actually it is a better design than the Xbox Series X, which kind of looks like a shrunken down PC or a square. It's uh, like an old beautiful cube. It's a. Oh, it's I was going to say like a, a square trash can Mac kind of. I love Mac it. Pro I actually kind of love it. Like. I like the Xbox a little bit better than the PlayStation. See, not uh, lie. this is we're not gamers, but we're already having opinions on this gaming hardware. But yeah, we are going to talk a lot more about this in our you know real E3 breakdown of this uh, with our friends. But basically what you gotta know, specs, it's gonna be rumored to be priced around 400 to $500. That depending of course on the digital version, which will be cheaper and not have a uh, disk drive in there. And then the more expensive one with the 4K Blu-ray drive will be around 500. Besides the new design, it will have a lot of new internals obviously, an 825 gigabyte solid state drive, which that is incredible. As people who love solid state drive, I'm just, yeah, that's that's the that's what's going to really accelerate the future, no pun intended. Uh, and then the processing power, it's going to have 10.28 teraflops of processing power, which compared to the new PS4 Pro is over doubled. I think the new uh, the current PS4 Pro is about 4.2 uh, teraflops or something like that. So yeah, this is going to be incredible. Personally, I actually almost am thinking of getting it, even though I am not a gamer, as we've said like 20 times already this episode. It looks pretty cool. Gabe is not a gamer, has recently sold his Xbox, is now bought Stadia, and is now thinking of getting the PlayStation 5. Yeah, I'm getting sucked back in. Uh, like, this is this is the future of me, maybe. Maybe we'll not. We'll find out. Gabe, what uh, else is new in the world of tech, or with well, the PlayStation? Next up in tech, we have something that I personally think is slightly out of my price range, but so maybe... you didn't pre-order this? I, I, I didn't. This is the Boston Dynamics Spot, Spot Explorer Robot. And it went on sale this past week for the cool price of $74,500. This yeah. is one of those items to check out the YouTube reviews for so you don't have to buy it. Definitely. that. Who? What's his name from? Um, he has the channel tested from Mythbusters. I know it has a couple cool videos with it. I think Adam and Savage. Adam Savage, that's his name, yeah. it look. It's the one that you've seen that looks like a dog, kind of walks around, 
uh, they bump it with hockey sticks and torture and all stuff. But yeah, it, it's going to be going on sale. It's actually going to be getting out to people. They're not going to ship as many units as they thought they were. They were aiming for a thousand this year, but due to like, you know, COVID and stuff like that, it's going to be less, but still it could be no time before you see this walking around your neighborhood maybe or something. That'd be uh, wild. That would be absolutely, that'd be such a 2020 thing to happen too. A little, a little too much. I think let's, let's slow it down. All right. And finally, the last new thing we saw in tech is the Hollyland Mars X 1080p HDMI wireless video transmitter. Wow, that was a mouthful. That is a mouthful. What like what does that mean? This is obviously, if you notice in their HDMI wireless video transmitter, this is something that you hook up to your camera and can send the video signal uh, to up to three iOS and Android devices. Now, there are many other uh, things out there already that do something like this from different companies. This one's notable because it's only $180, does it to three devices, uh, and has a line of sight range of 328 feet. So pretty good. The odd thing is though, it is it only has a one hour built-in battery. So that, ooh, what are they even thinking? I mean, it has USB. It has USB-C, so you can hook it up to you know external power pack. But one hour battery, why even bother at that point? But yeah, that's it for what's new in tech. Stetson, what is the news in tech this week? We had a lot of tidbits of news this week. First, the App Store. This is the ecosystem uh, by Apple. It helped facilitate over half a trillion dollars in commerce sale. This is both with app downloads, app purchases, in-app purchases, and I believe people purchasing items through apps. Apple and also Apple updated- Apple gets 30% of that, notably, so just that's remember that. That's great for Apple. Also, I, I mean, it's pretty incredible these developers are able to tap into the Apple audience and Apple users as well. True. Apple also updated their 16-inch MacBook Pro with the Radeon Pro 5600M GPU for up to 75% faster graphics. A lot of people who are into video editing and After Effects and things like that, pretty good upgrade. Epic Games, uh, this is a gaming company. They're raising funding up to $750 million. Uh, this is the same company behind Fortnite. And you know they could have a lot in store with the Epic Games Store. They also make the Unreal Engine. And I think it's just exciting seeing this company taking steps forward in growth and development. Finally, some Facebook news. Uh, they're also not raising funding, but kind of starting their own funding branch in the company. They're creating a corporate VC arm, and this is basically a way to monitor the tech industry, potentially scoop up tech startups early on. Of course, Facebook has bought tons of tech companies, most recently Giphy. Twitter is also rolling out audio tweets to iOS, which is kind of like those iMessage voice memos you send Gabe, do you even that use you that? just accidentally send to people <laughs> yeah, it's like it's an accident you have to apologize afterwards your like, face oh, turns just, red you wish you could delete this. it hey stop yelling at me and then, just, and then you're like oh sorry i did not mean to send that yeah <laughs> we'll see what happens it's only available to iphone users at this time and it is in uh kind of a beta stage finally contact tracing apps we talked about these they're rolling out slowly officially the new iPhone software and Android software does support it, uh, but countries who are rolling these out are seeing a lot of resistance from people in those countries because it does require your location access uh, and people are concerned about privacy. So it's kind of up in the air if these apps can get the 60% adoption rate needed for effective data to help with social distancing and monitor the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, and in fact, Norway actually shut down its app after an unsuccessful launch. Actually, one more one more tidbit in here for Quibi. I know all the Quibi fans out there, 
I, I, st I actually canceled my subscription. I'm totally done with the platform. But if you are enjoying it, they added Chromecast support. So you can now actually enjoy your shows on a TV, which is what I think people wanted from the beginning. Quibi is really such a sad thing. Uh, I think they said they only had 2.5 million users. They were aiming to get 7 million by the end of the year, which is a pretty low goal anyways. And it's really sad that they're not... One thing I heard, uh, Philip DeFranco, the YouTuber news guy online, he was saying it's sad that they're not getting uh, YouTubers on there and having them create shows. Basically, all they're doing is just you know finding Hollywood directors, actors, and stuff, giving them a ton of money to create a show. Why not, for a platform that's made for mobile, made for short form, get some YouTubers on there, like Mr. Beast or Who are already David, doing David Dobrik. exactly what the show is advertising. Right? Those kinds it's of, yeah. so, such a missed opportunity. And if it doesn't make it, it honestly deserves it, I think. I, I kind of agree with that. So that has been the tech news. Kind of a mouthful. Gabe, what is up next in tech? Up next in tech. First off, the main thing that's going to be up next in tech is Apple's WWDC event, which will be happening on Monday the 22nd. This is huge. We're actually going to do a bonus episode to wrap it up. So we won't even really hit on any of the rumors. Cause yeah, let's let's just save that for Monday. It's going to yeah. be a great event. There's tons of products and software being announced there. Stay Somet tuned. Sometimes I think talking about the rumors like in a, for an event like that almost kind of takes away a bit of the excitement when you actually have it happen. So yeah, we'll just we'll let you kind of hang in suspense. If you want to find out some of the rumors, go look online. But you can definitely tune in uh, either late Monday night uh, or Tuesday for a complete wrap-up of that event, our reactions, and everything else. So the actual stuff that is what's up next is we actually had some Galaxy Note 20 leaks. Now, Galaxy Note always comes out in August, so it's, what, I think like three months away now. And yeah, what did we see, Stetson, from that? So basically, you have rumors surfacing about two Galaxy Note 20 devices, possibly the Note 20 or Note 20 Lite, and then the Note 20 Ultra, kind of matching the Galaxy S20 lineup. Rumors are pointing to... The regular Note 20 having a 60 hertz display, uh, kind of a disappointment because the S20, Galaxy S20, had the 120 hertz display. But this could be a way to uh, have Samsung point users towards the more expensive Note 20 Ultra device with the premium features. Also, the screen is rumored to be a little bit taller with a 19.3 by 9 aspect ratio. And finally, the Galaxy Z Flip has appeared in Geekbench with a 5G processor, so we could be seeing a Galaxy Z Flip refresh sometime soon. That is really still, I think, one of the most exciting phones of 2020. It seems surprisingly durable, too. I've seen a lot of people on YouTube, like, flipping it around, throwing it on the yeah. ground. It seems actually like a well-made device, so congrats to Samsung. I'm excited for the next generation of that, and where folding phones go in the future. And Gabe, it looks like we have one more item here for camera news. Yeah. Uh, what what do we have? This is something, something really exciting, personally. You know, the Canon EOS R5 is still the big, hyped-up mirrorless camera that everyone's, you know, just cannot wait to see. The thing that is kind of diminishing that is, you know, the rumored price could be kind of 1DX Mark III, you know, territory of, like, above $5,000. So that's... I might be able to go for that, you know, but that's probably out of the price range of most people. Um, and yeah, it's not not cheap for sure. But now the rumors is that they have a Canon EOS R6, which is going to be coming out at some point, uh, maybe not till next year, it looks like. But the good thing 
is that this will be around $2,500 supposedly. So competing more directly with the Sony a7 III. Uh, and specs wise though, it's gonna be pretty impressive. Could have oversampled 5K video, of course 4K 60 FPS, but have 10 bit for incredible color quality. And then pretty much have a lot of the similar things that you would see in the EOS R5, like the dual uh, SD slots, um, even have Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. And I think the other big thing was that it's going to have a 20 megapixel sensor, which is kind of what you expect. We're, uh, we're basically waiting for yeah. new cameras from Canon at this point, like the R5, the R6. And we're still waiting for that mysterious A7S three. Honestly, I think all these cameras are going to be pushed back because of like manufacturing delays and such with COVID. So maybe if they're planning to launch in the summer, they won't launch until the fall. Or if they're planning to launch the fall, maybe not till like next year even which is a little bit sad, but I just, yeah, I just want some good quality cameras. I don't need 8K, 6K is better. Uh, give me a nice big sensor and such. But yeah, that's really it for our quick news. Like we said, we will be having a full wrap up of Apple's WWDC coming up, uh, a bonus episode in this next week. So keep an eye out for that. But now we're moving on to Go Review, obviously. And it was actually... I got to give myself a pat on the back. It was very appropriate that I gave Stetson the Google Stadia to review because this is our gaming episode. Uh, and of course, go review, if you don't know, is where we ask one of us to go review something. So Stetson in the previous episode had asked me to go review the Mavic Air 2. So I reviewed that. In that episode, I asked him to go review the Google Stadia. And that is hopefully what you've prepared, right? Oh, oh God. Oh, is that it? Oh, no. no. What, oh, Gabe, what we're going to have... No, I'm kidding. I did my Google Stadia review. I've been testing it out. Uh, it was actually really laborious and intensive having to sit back, relax, and game for a couple hours each day to really get the full experience. Yeah, and you really to you put in overtime my, to get... Yeah, I was sweating like crazy, uh, you know, playing tons of different games. This is everything you need to know about Google Stadia, Google's cloud platform gaming console gaming experience how about that? that's a better name so first i think when you when you take into consideration google stadia you have to understand the gaming landscape on one hand you have consoles great for couch gaming uh, honestly typically providing a little bit better of an experience it's easier to kind of hop online with your friends uh, typically there's no driver issues or things like that you just plug it in turn it on download your game and you're up and running of course you can game on the tv then on the other hand, you have gaming PCs designed to take gaming performance to the next level, high-end graphics, um, but there's oftentimes a lot of troubleshooting involved. The games may not be optimized for your specific configuration with your processor and graphics card. And yeah, I, I know I've had problems with games. I've had to reinstall them. I've had to do driver updates. And it's just more of a hassle. What Google is trying to do and what other manufacturers are trying to do with cloud gaming is to bring these experiences together where you have the seamless experience of sitting down on your couch and launching into a game without having to worry about updates or driver support uh, while still bringing gaming PC-like performance to, uh, to your couch or to any device. So that is what Stadia is. Specifically, you're looking at a custom GPU by Google. They're using a custom AMD GPU with up to 10.7 teraflops of computing power. For reference, PS5, 10.3 teraflops, Xbox Series X, 12.1 teraflops. So right around on par with next-gen console. 
And what is super, super interesting is Google's Stadia devices can be stacked for more intense games. So you can have two Stadia, Stadias, I don't know the correct term, but like two computers in the server room working together to deliver an improved gameplay experience. Currently, Stadia supports up to 4K 60 frames per second with HDR support using the Chromecast Ultra in a supported TV. Or you can also use your computer that supports VP9 hardware decoding. In the future, Google has promised to support 8K gaming up to 120 frames per second. So that is insane. That's, I mean, we've, we've played a little of, I played a little bit, you've played a lot of it. Yeah. And I know when, when we were playing, I was having constant issues because my Wi-Fi wasn't fast enough. Of it It's just true. Quitting, freezing up, like, so it's very ambitious for them to promise 8K 120 FPS, though you do have one gigabit uh, internet, right? We so do. What's Verizon, your experience like? My experience was actually, it's actually the dream. So when you're getting Google Stadia, previously, I ended up getting the Founders Edition, uh, and you needed that to actually jump onto the platform. You needed to buy the Chromecast Ultra and the Stadia controller. Separately, these retail for 60 bucks for the Chromecast Ultra and 70 bucks for the controller. However, Google's currently having a sale where you can get the bundle for just $100 and save 30 bucks. So that's pretty nice. Uh, you needed that initially to sign up. Now, sign up is available for free for anyone. You can sign up in a Chrome browser and literally just play on literally any computer that supports Google Chrome. Uh, many, pretty much all or most Android smartphones. Well, and the, 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 new, the new generation. Yeah, the newer generation smartphones with the Google Stadia app. And to play on your smartphone, you do need the controller. Uh, but to play on your computer, you can just hook up keyboard and mouse and you're all set. And with my experience with fast internet, it was great. I actually have a 4K monitor I was able to plug the Chromecast Ultra into. And I was gaming at 4K, hitting easily 30 frames per second. Everything was smooth and sharp. And I tried switching between devices. That worked really well. Like You can be playing on one screen, pause the game, unplug the controller, plug it into your smartphone, resume gaming on that. And it was it was just kind of cool. Like it works. Wait, do you like, mean do you mean physically unplug the controller? Well, the controller works wirelessly with the Chromecast Ultra, but if you're oh, using gotcha. it on say a computer or you want to switch to your phone, that's when you're gonna need a wired connection. But okay, it's, it that's, still works that's good to know. Yeah. Actually quite well. And the controller is comfortable. It's like a nice cross between the Xbox controller and the PlayStation 4 controller. It has the uh kind of the joysticks, if you will on the bottom like the PlayStation, but mirrors the design of the Xbox controller in terms of shape and ergonomics. And they also opted for the A, B, X, Y buttons. Some interesting buttons too, is you have a Google Assistant button for pulling up Google Assistant on your TV. You can do assistant things like checking the weather or even launching games. And they also have a screenshot button to record screenshots in game. You get unlimited screenshots or record up to 30 seconds of gameplay. Gabe, we actually tried this while we were playing Destiny 2, and I think we captured some pretty funny moments. What I mean, what did you think of using that from your end? Well, it definitely, I mean, none of it was highlight-worthy in our case. <laughs> we, we both suck pretty bad, but uh, it, it was de it was usable. I And, you know, compared to the other options you have, well, I mean, Xbox, I know, does record game clips, especially, like, automatically. It can sense when you do achievements and cool stuff. But it really makes sense, especially with YouTube. And I know in the launch of stadia they had said they were going to do like st streaming from the device and like a lot of integration with youtube gaming 
that still feels like it's yet to come, but the the clips is, I guess, a nice start. The only issue I had was it was really hard to download the clips. You do uh, need the Stadia app on your phone to download it, and that's kind of an interesting point. Yeah. Stadia itself works well with the Chromecast Ultra in terms of like turning it on and using it and just launching into a game, but for all the settings, you do need a smartphone with the Stadia app to make game purchases and do anything like that. So you can't actually purchase games on Stadia the, on the, the Chromecast Ultra. The question I have is, yeah. I know in our last episode we mentioned that Google was planning a new Chromecast to come out that would yeah. actually have a UI built in. And I wonder if they could be preparing to actually you know, introduce a UI for Stadia too. For to be able to handle those transactions? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that could very well be the case. We'll have to wait and see on that. But I think, honestly, from my experience, I really liked it. I loved being able to jump into a game. Stadia Pro gave me like 20 different free games to choose from while they do have their Stadia Pro free trial going on. How much is Stadia Pro a month? I don't know if you mentioned it. I haven't mentioned it yet. The two options with Stadia, you get the free version. Anyone can sign up right now. Again, hop into your Chrome browser and start playing. Keyboard and mouse. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you can play with a controller, um, but I could be mistaken on that. My understanding is you do need the Stadia controller at the moment. And uh, if you wanted to upgrade your experience, you can go Pro, and this is $9.99 a month. This includes the Stadia Pro games for free, up to 4K HDR gameplay with 5.1 surround sound. So it's pretty cheap. Costs about two AAA games a year, if you kind of think about it that way. And yeah, I will say... A lot of people also do have subscriptions, sorry to interrupt, uh, with xbox you know one game pass or yeah. ea has one i know so 9.99 isn't that big of it's a price. not that bad i think the biggest problem right now is the game library so with the other subscriptions True. you're paying yeah. often to get the games with stadia yeah you get the stadia pro games but you have to purchase the other games individually and and there's not a lot of right now the two big ones are destiny 2 and PUBG. i think yeah, the the game library is just so lacking right now, unfortunately. And the the only thing that Stadia Pro really delivers is the 4K gaming. So it's like, I, I think it kind of hurts having to pay for 4K. I know a lot of TVs now especially support that. But I think it's also a great option. Like, they have a free version. They can jump right in. And it's a great way to try it out, see if your internet can handle it before committing to any kind of purchase like that. And I think also while we're, while we're talking about games... The limited library is probably the biggest disappointment for Stadia right now. And the question remains, like, why would you buy a game on Stadia as opposed to buying it on PC, on Steam, on the PlayStation, or on the Xbox? Not too many of my friends, actually specifically only one friend has Stadia, and that's you, Gabe. No one else I know has Stadia. It's the ultimate gaming device for non-gamers. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Like, the thing is, it's great but they need more games and like why would you choose a console because of the game it has and because your friends have that console the, so the, que- the question i have is do yeah. you think that we'll ever see a uh, well more games on this platform because it, like traditionally as you look back like the xbox one was released there was like no games then two three years later there's finally a ton of games so is it could be maybe because stadia is so new that we don't see that many games uh and two do you think we'll ever see more incentives to buy those games because the hard thing I think convincing players and traditional gamers is that they should pay the same price that they can for a disc to buy a digital download. 
I think it's tough. I think Stadia is a tough sell. There are certain people in the market that have fast internet where this does make sense. Like for me, it makes sense. I don't have any existing game library, really. I'm not worried about losing anything. And I don't know. I think for other people, it can be a tougher sell because if you choose to move off of Stadia, there's not too many other ways to play. But I guess on the other hand, like because they support so many devices, you can play on your computer. You can play on your Chromecast Ultra if you have one. And you could potentially even play on your smartphone. It almost in a way frees you up from getting locked locked into a you know specific device. Or yeah, it platform. actually it is kind of nice to, to some degree. It's almost like Nintendo's... Well, it's not really like the Switch, but I think it parallels it in some degree where like your phone is your handheld mobile device. Your TV with your Chromecast is your on-the-couch device. And your computer is like if you wanted potentially a nicer monitor or this, your this is something PC that gamer. google is is the only one that they can offer this because they're so not hardware right they're all that software they're all software interestingly actually microsoft's xcloud is a very compelling option as well because you get all of a huge huge library of compelling games all of microsoft original games are launched on xcloud day one and you can get a subscription that's available on the pc so here you have a nice balance between console Wait, and, and, and PC gaming. And what's the price of that? I think that's also, I think it's 10 bucks for the PC version. And I think, I know the the most expensive option is $15 a month, but that includes PC, console, and an Xbox Live membership. Oh my God. Wait, I, I think I need to get that. That yeah, sounds like I a really like, good deal, actually. Wait, I should try that out. So I, I guess that's kind of a way to wrap up Stadia. It's a really... I think nice and refined gaming experience where you can see the potential of cloud gaming, where you can get better hardware for a better gaming experience with higher graphics, better textures, uh, reduced load times with the solid state drive. And I think this will easily compete performance wise with the next gen consoles. What's holding Stadia back is the limited game library. Your friends probably aren't going to be on Stadia unless you're me or Gabe. Hit us up. You can yep. find us on Stadia. And yeah, I think I think it's got a lot to come, though. We briefly touched on the announcement, and I think going forward, what Stadia is going to be trying to do is integrating with YouTube. So you could potentially stream Stadia gameplay directly to YouTube. They're going to be offering a feature where you can play alongside, so they're calling it CrowdPlay. And because Stadia is free for that 1080p gaming membership, you could potentially hop into a free game demo of a game someone is playing. And so I think I think there's a lot of future and a lot of promise here, but uh, at the time being, it's kind of hard to sell or pitch gaming enthusiasts on Stadia. It's more of kind of like people like me and Gabe for for tech enthusiasts who love the tech behind Stadia as opposed yeah, to everyone the else games. just kind of laughs at it. I yeah, like it is true. Real gamers right now, but, but that could change. I feel like right. I feel like it could change. I'm excited to be part of this and to be to, to be a founder. I can't believe I'm a founder yeah, of something I'm not gaming a founder. related. Wow. I'm, yeah. I, I was too late. Uh, but there you go. Again, you can pick up the Chromecast Ultra and the Stadia controller for just $99 right now. Or you could hop on uh, stadia.com and just sign up for free. Start playing in any Chrome browser. I guess, real quick, last thing it's not available on iOS right now. And there's an interesting reason for this. It's because Apple is not supporting the the video, the VP9 video decoding standard. 
Instead, they're using the HTML5 standard for video playback, which is why oh on gosh. Mac, on my, on my 5K iMac, I can only play up to 1080p, whereas with pretty much any other like Windows computer uh, that does support VP9, you can get up to 4K gaming. So that is Google Stadia. That is my review. Hopefully, I helped answer your questions about it. Overall, I enjoyed it and will be continuing to play. Uh, but I think, you know, with, the, with these next-gen consoles, there's a lot being offered as well. Gabe, for your assignment next week, uh, yep. you've actually been asking some very interesting requests and questions about storage and backing up. Oh, no. So I figured maybe maybe it'd be good to go out and review like the best cloud storage solution. Maybe we could put Google Drive versus Dropbox versus maybe another platform if you find one or couple up with one head to head. I know there's one there's one drive, right? Yeah. yeah. like I feel like there's a bunch. So maybe maybe you could do a head to head or maybe pick your favorite and dive into what made makes that one so great. But I think yeah. that'd be a really good go review. That's something everyone is thinking about. Many people are using, but I feel like you sign up for one and commit. So maybe what's the best one to sign up for in 2020? All right. I will go forward and go review that. I mean, you can't really go anywhere. I kind of have to sit at a desk and review that, but (laughs) I'll get out there and I'll review it in some way. So thank you very much for your Stadia review. That was, even though I use Stadia, I appreciated uh, all the insight you had. And also that thing about the Xbox or the uh, the X Cloud, yeah. That, there's there's two versions of that. Not to keep extending the segment, yeah. but well, this is uh, a gaming episode, so uh, so they have X Cloud, which is where you stream. I believe it's actually from an Xbox One X device or two of them the stacked future, together. Series X. Yeah, it might be. It's not the new one, but it's the older one, the current gen. Well, anyway, I, you I'm, can, I'm imagining they'll update it in the future. I think so, but you're yeah. streaming from that to either your computer or if, I guess if you own the console, then you can yeah, just you Xbox. get access to the game library. And they're also doing uh, the console streaming where you could stream from your console with the game installed to, I think, either a PC or your mobile device even. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, well, check it out. Yeah. We're, we're very cool. gung-ho about this whole streaming games, cloud gaming stuff, but the, the really the people that they have to sell on it are traditional gamers, right? Exactly. So, that is why we actually have our friends. Uh, it's my friend Larry and your your friend Zach. My friend Zach. Zach, yeah. Yeah. And they're both longtime gamers, and we figured, hey, this wouldn't be a real gaming episode if it was two techies just kind of, you know, giving their, I don't know, snap uh, impressions uh, and yes, horrible... Opinion? Do yeah. people care? We're just techies. No one cares. So, yeah, we decided to get some real gamers on. Uh, to give their insight, tell us what's exciting in the in you know the world of gaming, and kind of convince us that we should pay more attention to it. So let's give them a ring on the old ZenCaster uh, and get them online so we can talk to them. Hey Zach, Larry, thank you guys so much for joining us. Could you say hi or, or say like what what favorite game you've been enjoying recently or what you're into right now? Hello, this is Zach. I'm playing Astral Chain on the Switch. Really good platinum game. <laughs> this is Larry, and I've been playing a lot of mobile games on the phone, but mainly I've been playing a lot of Smash as well on my Switch. And oh, Larry, you're uh, you do some streaming on Twitch, right? Yes, Twitch.tv/lc33. Gotta wanna... get that plug in. Oh, yeah, what has your experience plugged. been uh, streaming on Twitch with it? And you do mostly mobile games, right? On there, yes. what has that experience been like? It's been interesting. 
The game itself, it's essentially an auto chess sort of game where the game kind of plays itself for the most part. And I'm just really chatting with the community. And I, I say it pretty much every stream and that it's not about the game. It's mainly about the people I've been meeting and talking to and having a great time with. And mobile game is fun. It's something to do, you know, when you're anywhere. And it's it's something to get a little hype over now and then. But it's 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 really down to the connections you make with the people and those lasting relationships you can make over time. And that's that's what really brings me back to it every day. And and that's the coolest part to me. Okay, so that's a great way to begin our gaming segment that it's not about the game and that it's actually <laughs> about the people. Uh, but w- now that we're saying this is kind of the E3 for 2020 since that was canceled, let's focus on what's the exciting games and consoles coming out this year. Stetson, uh, we talked about the PS5, right? At the beginning yeah, of this so episode. Yeah, so we talked about the launch. Uh, have you guys seen the video? So we had the PS5 launch video. We also had the Road to PS5 by Mark Cerny. Um, and I guess we had the Xbox Series S, uh, Series X, quote unquote, I'll say quote gameplay uh, <laughs> release because it was really just like trailers rendered in the engine. Have mm-hmm. you guys seen those? Yep. Yep. So I guess like what what have your snap reactions been to these conferences and events that we've had? And like, what do you think is shaping up to be most important or the most important attributes for the next gen for you? So uh I'd say I think the PS5 reel is probably the best, most interesting. I don't know what you guys think, but I totally agree. Yeah, we haven't really seen the Xbox, I guess, equivalent to that, right? That's more mm-hmm. in July. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I feel like we got the hardware of the Series X sooner, but I don't think we really have anything to get excited about besides that. Like we don't I don't think we have the the real games for it yet. No, not at all. The PS4 did a much better job of compressing everything into what an hour hour and a half long reel and allowing people to get excited over it as a package rather than oh this is a box you can sit on your desk and you can also play games on it too (laughs) yeah and let's actually while we're talking about the design a little bit let's go down from i know stetson i think you like the xbox design personally yeah so i actually really like the xbox series x design uh yeah well larry what do you think ps5 (laughs) xbox series x what do you think i think that the series x is kind of a branch off of the xbox one it's another black box and that's cool for how microsoft is advertising it they advertise the xbox one as more of a media center rather than a game console so they had the HDMI in where you could plug your cable box into it and watch TV through it. And it would connect to everything in your home. And it'd be more of a centerpiece rather than another add-on to the TV. And I feel like that's kind of the route they're going down. But it didn't work last time. So I'm interested to see if it works out this time. Meanwhile, PS4 is going down the straight this is a gaming console for gamers, and it looks slick. It looks nice. It's clean, and I think I think that's the way to go. Honestly, that's how you appeal to the market. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just harkens back to their that was the Xbox One re- reveal, where it was like that media center. I think it's just a different way of presenting the data. I think part of it is that um, 
we're waiting for the July reveal for the first party studio stuff. Because one of the problems with like the PS5 event was really cool. It did a re- really nice condensed look at the th- system. And I think Xbox should have done that too. But Xbox's kind of reveal is more staggered because they're basically like they only did part. They did the third party reveals, right? Which I don't even think were that interesting because I was more interested in PS5 stuff anyways, like RE8 and some of the weird like Capcom trailer, like Pragmata and that sort of thing. But I think it's just, these are all very strange reveals. Like, why was PlayStation so quiet for so long? It's just strange. But yeah, as of now, (laughs) PS5 is more interesting. Although you talked to me before the PS5 event, I was more excited for the Xbox. It's kind of weird. Just because we're just waiting for stuff. It's so soon. (laughs) I don't know why they're taking so long. Yeah, that's an interesting flip. Zach, I guess, are you more excited about the games going into next gen or the hardware going into next gen? Definitely the games. For me, like PS4 and Xbox One, when they launched, it was a good jump, but it was a strange time because it really PC gaming kind of blew up around that era where people were looking at, oh, well, these are kind of like bargain bin components for PCs. Like you can build a PC pretty relatively cheaply compared to previous generations to kind of match the power. And especially with their how they're talking frame rates and resolutions, like I was looking forward to most of the games running at 60, I thought that was kind of like at the next gen standard, but it sounds like from what developers are hinting and even the publishers and first party studios themselves that they're hitting 4k 30. And so really for me, like, like the PS five reveal, it was just the games. Like even if they were on PS four or on PC, like I'm excited for the games look cool because the PS five reveal really felt like just a standard E3, almost like an E3 from a year or two ago, rather than a hardware reveal. I don't know, I was talking to Stetson the other day, and he's excited for kind of like the more adjunct features, like haptic feedback and 3D audio, which sound cool. But really, it's the <laughs> Spider-Man Miles Morales and the Horizon 2, all that stuff. That's well, I think that, that really shows, that's the difference between gamers, I think, more, and Stetson and I are more like techies, where we just obsess about, oh, look at the new specs of this, or like yeah. 825 <laughs> gigabytes of solid state storage. That's incredible, <laughs> you know. But yeah, back to the games. I like what was out of that PlayStation reveal, since that was really where we got a good look at the games that will be coming to the PS5. Yeah. Uh, in the fall and the winter what was i really liked the the new horizons i mean i've never played that series before but that looked the most exciting however i know that many other people like different games that were uh, you know previewed there yeah i was telling stetson i think horizon would be up his alley and probably yours as well <laughs> just a really fun open world romp through like post-apocalyptic whatever but for me personally probably demon souls remake and re8 those were the most exciting for me no, yeah, you guys nailed all the heavy hitters, really. <laughs> Horizon, Demon Souls, and REA. Those were <laughs> yeah. those are the big ones coming out. And I gotta I gotta agree with you, Gabe. Horizon is definitely doing it for me. I played a little bit of the first one and I kind of fell off just because of other reasons, but I would always love to get back into it. And honestly, seeing the trailer for the second one makes me want to jump back in. Worth yeah. a playthrough. <laughs> so forgive me for asking this, but are all of these PS5 exclusives right now? No. RE eight is gonna be multi plat. Um, okay but horizon and uh demon souls are exclusive and miles morales too i think yeah so it sounds and, like the wait, more Larry, do you games. do you have both platforms or i would play on my roommates okay because i know i know you have an xbox mainly because i remember your gaming score is like super high mm-hmm. yeah and yeah you just play through games for xp 
I remember what was that game a while back you were playing that you were just grinding away just to try to finish it and get the last okay, achievement. Look, the the arcade. <laughs> listen, game guys, listen. The, the the Spartacus game, the movie, oh, the game. Wow. Xbox One. Deep cut. Deep cut. Yeah. Oh God, it was terrible. Yeah. So many hours put in, but did you you eventually got the achievement, right? Yeah, and then the server shut down the next day, and then I I spread my big <laughs> over all the other gamers. All right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bleep that. I think that's too uh, technical technical difficulties, intermission, yeah. whatever. We'll put, in, so, we'll, put in, we'll put in some sound. Uh, I don't know what. <laughs> choose what sound we put in to bleep that out. But hey, that that is we're and this is the gaming world. You know, there is a bit more explicit language. Uh, because once you've completed some, you know, so many hours of grinding away at a game and you get that achievement, there is really nothing like uh, the joy. There's nothing else left feel. to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've never really gotten that far into completing a game. I think the most amount of hours I ever put into a game was maybe GTA Five, and that was like fifty hours. Oh, so, that's a good amount game. of hours, though. That's, that's a really the okay. next gen. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah it is. Oh, can we talk about that? <laughs> Holy okay, shit. yeah. How disappointing was that? Oh, and let's God. someone give give a little introduction to what we're talking about. So GTA Five is it the <laughs> first game to be freshly released on three separate console generations? <laughs> I think uh, you're. I think you're about right. Yeah. With the reveal for GTA Five coming to PlayStation Five was disappointing. Would be an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. I'm not I'm not huge in on in GTA 5 online. I don't know if you guys are, but it's it seems like such a huge cash cow for Rockstar that they just look at each other and go, "Why would we make a new engine and sink all this money in a new engine, new story, new voice actors, new everything when online's the draw for a lot of people?" And from a business point, I I get it. Why would they sink all these assets into something new that's not wait so you're you want a new dlc single player dlc yes ballad of gay okay. tony was the hypest shit ever i wonder yeah. when the next gta though is gonna come out i mean there are it's, rumors swirling that it's gonna be well they're working on it who like knows it's too far off but you you never know there there are rumors people are saying it's been what seven eight years since gta 5 yeah. came out so I, I really have no idea it's it's up in the air. I, I'm sure they know. There's still stuff in their pockets with GTA Online <laughs> and card sharks or shark cards or whatever they're called. I'm looking up online the highest grossing video games. And the top ones are like Dungeon Fighter Online, League of Legends, World of Warcraft. Like your typical ones that have been around for longer. But Grand Theft Auto is like number nine, eight or nine. Mm-hmm. With like wow, six, close. Six, six billion dollars. Sorry. Yeah. Gross. Wow. Yeah. Kind of on a similar note, how important to you is forwards and backwards compatibility with the next gen consoles? For me, uh, I would love more PlayStation backwards compatibility than they've announced. I wish I could play more older stuff on it. Um, I can you, can you talk why, about like what they're doing and what their strategy is right now or what they've announced? Sure. Um, so basically with PlayStation for the PS5, they've announced limited backwards compatibility. So because it's not because of the way of the the architecture set up, it's not exact kind of one to one comparison to PS4. So they have to test games, I guess, one by one. So they've announced, I think, what is it, a thousand or four thousand that they've tested be backwards compatible, and then no backwards compatibility at least announced yet with previous gen. So PS3, PS2, PS1, any of that kind of digital stuff on the PS3, and then Xbox One, 
Series X will be backwards compatible with everything so far that is currently compatible on the Xbox One. So they're so, going for kind so of like they've, that. They've generally done a better job. The mm-hmm. Xbox, yeah, absolutely. Yes. They're really focused on those consumer features. Zach, I don't know if you've seen anything about this, but with the release of the two separate PS5 consoles with disc slot and without, yep. do you know if there'll be a way, let's say you have a hard disc collection of PS4, PS3 games and you want to play them on your brand new PS5, but you don't want to spend the hundred extra dollars for the disc slot. Do you know if there'll be a way to play those games without a disc slot? I don't, I haven't heard anything about that. Okay, that's, that's and a really interesting point though. Yeah. Definitely not PS3. I think there are some like Madden, some EA stuff where you could actually hand in your physical game and get it replaced with the next gen version, but Really? Um, yeah, they're different programs. I think Cyberpunk has announced that they're doing kind of free upgrades for everyone digitally, but other people like there's Xbox Smart Delivery, which is Xbox program for automatically kind of upgrading current gen stuff and publishers can sign off if they want. PS5 has not announced anything <laughs> uh, similar <laughs> to that, but some publishers have opted out of that program and doing their own sort of upgrade path. It's a little confusing, but that's how all these okay. cross-gen things are. Yeah, and you you mentioned EA. We recently had their what was it EA uh, play, play event, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they announced uh, the big one that I saw people were talking about, not necessarily because they were excited, was Skate Four. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we can be excited, all right? Which is I yes, my ragdoll skateboarding, physics. right? Yeah, exactly. But we also saw what was Gabe, it? Are you going to play new... Skate Four? Probably not. I I mean that <laughs> was actually honestly. That, that was I want you to do sixty <laughs> hours to skate four. Honestly, Let's start that was tw- Twitter hashtag Gabe play skate four for sixty I, so, hours. So my history in gaming, I think I've talked about it back on some previous episode, is basically I didn't get a console or any play any video games until I was in college. Uh and so my only experience up to that point was like at a cousin's house, I think playing Tony Hawk, some version. At least you uh, got the good shit. There's a billion yeah, of them. Right? So but I, I do like skateboarding games. Uh, they're, I mean, I can never skateboard, so that's kind of what you want in a video game is to do something you can't do in real life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, and let's hope they get it with their new uh, Star Wars release that they do better than the previous uh, versions. That they've looks, had some controversy. I'll be honest, that looks pretty hype. I wasn't really thinking about Star Wars this gen, but uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, I think it was Squadrons. Squad, yeah. The they just and took they're, the. They're bringing it to VR. That's also true as well. That's that's yep. incredibly immersive. They took the yeah, just space battles good. from Battlefront and made its own game, and that's honestly really exciting to me. So actually, let's while we're kind of moving on past the games, let's talk about kind of two other platforms that are out there, which is Nintendo Switch and mobile gaming. So let's first let's talk about Nintendo Switch. And what's up from Nintendo? I know they just revealed a new, uh, I guess, player. I don't even really understand. <laughs> I've never really played Super Smash Bros. that yep. much, other than like at parties and stuff. But they announced that yeah. the new fighter would be Min Min, which I have no mm-hmm. idea who that is, what that means. Larry, okay. yeah, okay. give us your take. So everyone s- loves ARMS, though. <laughs> everyone loves the design of ARMS. No one plays it. <laughs> so the Super Smash Bros. franchise as a whole has been known for including characters from a variety of games. It started with Nintendo first-party games, then it branched off into third-party games, and then games that weren't even released on the Switch, like Cloud and Final Fantasy VII. And they've been known over the years for gaining massive hype for their 
reveal trailers. It's like, who's going to be the next fighter? Who's going to be fighting along Mario and Sonic and Bayonetta and the duck hunt dog? And Solid Snake, don't forget. Oh, of course. Combo. Mario versus Solid Snake. (laughs) He's no longer dummy thick. But the newest reveal was Min Min from arms and there's a lot of intricacies in the smash community a lot of inside jokes that i won't bore you with it'll go over everyone's head but they announced the new character was going to be from arms three months ago and we've all just been speculating who it's going to be from a cast of 16 very unique fighters if you go through the list everyone's very very unique but people were saying Springman, Ribbon Girl, Min Min, or Twin Tails, and turned to be Min Min. And the reveal trailer was extremely exciting. We got Captain Falcon looking all sad in the corner after he broke a ramen shop. And it was uh it was really cool. So Kirby was there just eating his eating his ramen. And yeah, it looks very, very cool. And I think it's I think it's gonna be a very unique fighter, and I'm very, very very excited to seeing it. The trailer literally came out an hour ago, so we don't have a lot of information other than that. Does but. does everyone here have mains in Super Smash Bros? I know that's a term. That's yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so so Gabe, one. who is your main? This is the question. <laughs> Zach, evil. It's a term. Uh-huh. It is actually. Uh, I mean, I would say the one that I've okay, played but the who, most. Who would you want to play? Like, have I know, you seen I actually all the characters? Have, no, I have mainly played as Kirby, honestly. Because okay, I yeah. just like eating or whatever. He swallows people, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and then I, I like doing that and then suiciding both of them off the edge of the cliff. <laughs> classic, the classic. Yeah. Really deep, dive deep you into your personality. Win. Yeah. No, yeah. I, well, because I know I can't win. So I'm just going to. All right. I can at least do a little damage to the other Well, we person. can lose together. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> so what are people who are assessed in it? Do you have any mains? <laughs> so Kirby was my main too. Yeah, there we um, go. But I... <laughs> I, or what's, I who's bad. the little boy? Ness, right? <laughs> yeah, because you can know. just spam him, right? I liked yep. uh, Mario yeah. too. He was pretty fun. All right, Mario's so now the actual now the actual gamers, yeah, people what do you who guys... know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, Larry, who do you play? Okay, so you're gonna judge me, and it's not like that. Hey, I this is a judgment-free zone. Oh, Piranha Plant. Okay, plant. well, I don't. I take it back immediately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Plant Gang is a dumb meme. It's it's fun, but. Mm, it's a little like, hey, fam, you you want to go out tonight? And I'm like, no, I want to practice my back airs. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know even know who that character is. So, so you know, oh. in every Mario game, the little plant that comes up from the pipes. Oh, uh, yeah. Eats yeah, okay. you. Yeah, that's kind of like that's, the little shop of horrors. Yeah, but the best act, part of the exactly. character is in the game, he's just like a plant in a pot. Yep. He's just like a pot. He doesn't have legs, so he's just like moving. Hops around. Oh, does he just hop yeah. around? Yeah, yep. exactly. He's the best. Adorable. All right, Zach, who's your main? Uh, me? So I don't actually play a ton of Smash, but I love um, Lucina and a lot of the sword character. Well, okay. Lucina, and I forget who's the girl from Fates. Or well, I guess it's both, right? They're a guy oh. and a girl from Fire Emblem Fate. Sorry. Oh, um, so Lucina and I Cor- forget. Corin? Cor- Corin, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Those are kind of like Google. I'm having to Google each one of these just to find out who they are. <laughs> yeah, these just are definitely uh, new characters. Uh, yep. Everyone I loves definitely. Dragon yeah. Guy, but, Dragon But I think Girl. this brings up the thing uh-huh. that N- Nintendo really has the most unique platform. And they're kind of, they really, over time, they focused on doing their own thing and not trying to, you know, chase specs like xbox or playstation right they mm-hmm. just focus on the content and doing their own original thing yeah i exactly i 100 agree you look at the previous generations you look at 
Uh, GameCube was kind of standard for the time. Nintendo Labo, the cardboard. Yeah, yeah they just want to do weird stuff. Going back <laughs> to the Wii with motion controls, that wasn't a thing in 2007 when it released. The Wii U, I know it failed, but at least they were experimenting with stuff. And then they kind of took off with the Switch. They just increased their scope of the Wii U. And it's amazing. It's amazing the things that they can do, the things that amazing they can create. It's it's truly remarkable what Nintendo has been doing. And they just look at all their developers and go, yeah, guys, just have fun. Just make games. And um, Reggie, uh, the former <laughs> ambassador, for lack of a better word, for uh, Nintendo America, a great quote from him is, why do you play games if not to have fun? And that's what we want to do. So yeah, I just had to Google Reggie Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I think this is an interesting point. Like Nintendo isn't doing anything right now. And we're on the threshold or the, the peak right before the next gen. Like, should Nintendo be doing anything? What do you think they are doing? What do you what do you guys think is next for Nintendo? Well, they released the Switch a little bit after the Xbox One and the PS4. So they're not exactly on the same timeline. Yeah, they're totally off now. So the Switch was released spring 2017. And then the PS4 Xbox oh, yeah. One was um, no, uh, fall 2013. Yeah, so, so they're way... we probably wouldn't see anything for two, like three years, probably at least. Mm-hmm. Um, the Switch, Switch has been absolutely killing it. I don't know if you guys knew there were shortages of Switches when yeah. quarantine first started. <laughs> with, with everyone wanting to play at home and then Animal yep. Crossing coming out. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think they need to upgrade their system right now. They're just hanging out. They're chilling. They know what they want to do, and they're doing it. Yeah, I think I think they did a slight upgrade in the fall with, a, with uh, I think, like a better battery and maybe slightly improved processor or something. They did. They did. They did do that. And then they also introduced the Switch Lite, which is more like a 3DS. Which, yeah, let's just do a con- – should that be called a Switch, technically? Or <laughs> Because it literally cannot do the one thing that... It <laughs> ah, Switch is a brand. It's fine. Okay, all right. Okay, fine. So, but I, yes. I see where you're coming at. And it's, yeah. So yeah, it looks like they'll just stick to kind of doing games for the time being and possibly, you know, a year or two after. Uh, well, for me personally, yeah. I wish they did a E3 type thing. I think they could take more mindshare away from this next-gen stuff if they had a proper E3 with a bunch of cool games because... Stuff, all the stuff with COVID that's going on, apparently it's thrown a wrench into their like release schedule and they've had mm-hmm. trouble continuing development because one of Nintendo's core philosophies for Switch, at least, was to do like a big game every month. So in previous oh, years, wow. they've like, especially during the summer and stuff, remember last summer, there's like a new, like whether it's Fire Emblem and then Splatoon 2, like they've been trying to, even if it's third party, that's like a first party or a second party game or something trying to release something big every month because that was a problem with the Wii U, just a lack of games essentially coming out. Mm-hmm. So I wish, like, we have uh, Paper Mario Origami King coming out in July, but I want more of a roadmap, more trailers, more hype for, like, things coming out. Like, is Breath of Wild 2 coming out in the fall? <laughs> like, is that sort of happening, or is that, like, two, three years away? Like, I just want something or to get me more excited about to. the Switch. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I I do think they could do little E3 type press conference, even if it's just 45 minutes of 
we we tried to get him on we tried to get him on this podcast they wouldn't for some reason oh i don't know why oh you you call reggie (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah reggie reggie wouldn't come i googled him and said all right yeah Yeah, he called him and then you're like let me just google you real quick who are you even i don't even no no no. (laughs) how did i get this number but yeah interestingly nintendo did actually just announce that they're kind of pulling out of mobile games and not really going to be focusing on that area so that kind of is a nice transfer and segue to what is exciting in the mobile game area i know personally i don't really play mobile games anymore so i don't have a good finger on the falls yeah me too i i actually deleted almost all of all actually all of the games on my phone you know i used to have an ipod touch in high school and that was like my gaming central device anytime i had a free second i was swiping away at fruit ninja or playing doodle jump or something like that uh but then i think in college just didn't have time for any of that and i got like pdf converting docs and like all those kinds of useful apps so i've been i my finger's been off the pulse too i mean are you guys playing mobile what like what is going on in the mobile landscape it's like this is larry's answer (laughs) i'm not a mobile (laughs) i don't know anything so take it away oh thank you the mobile mobile market is interesting it's really just full of gotcha games i don't know if you're you guys are familiar with the term but they're essentially the lottery type games where you can summon units for after collecting uh materials for x amount of hours or you can shove 20 bucks in Um, the freemium right freemium exactly and that's kind of stemmed off from clash of clans uh, on the earlier days that everyone i'm sure everyone here has played what's what's the one they advertise oh raid shadow legend yeah raid shadow legend yeah Literally never played it or downloaded and that game. And that's but, a perfect segue yeah. to our sponsor for this <laughs> yeah, episode. How do you know? <laughs> so as that has fundamentally changed the market is how much money those games have been pulling in, right? Oh, absolutely. It's it's insane. And it's it's interesting because if you look in Japan, more Western cultures, mobile gaming is actually bigger than it's ever been. You can look on a subway and at least 50% of people are either playing games on their phones or even playing Switches, just hanging out. And it's it's very interesting to see the culture difference between what we consider the norm and some other places. Yeah, I guess I did kind of lie. I have played in the past month, uh, what was it, Call of Duty, the new mobile game, a couple of mm-hmm. times. Yeah, we, we actually I- had the, uh, the new Battle Royale game. Uh, what's that called? That's been really popular. Fortnite? PUBG or Fortnite? Yeah. Fortnite. Yeah. That that's on mobile. That's yeah. crazy mm-hmm. that a game at that I don't know if caliber is the right word, but a, a, like a, a proper game is on mobile to be played completely cross platform. But still yeah. very much freemium because you download it for free and then you get now l- let's get the take on loot boxes quickly. <laughs> uh, hot uh, takes, hot takes. Are, the, are those go. gambling? <laughs> is that essentially just gambling? Yeah. If, and do, yeah. yeah. I mean yes. Okay. It d- Would it be anything else? Oh, we're else? in agreement. Oh, All so right. hard. Such a hot Listen, game. EA has done re- worked really hard to say it's just a fun mechanic. It's just like something we do for fun. It's there's no there's no gambling in it. Come on, Star Wars Battlefront <laughs> Two, great. No no issues there. It's perfect. Yeah. When you, can, when you can look underneath the little terms and see, oh, you have a point zero one percent chance of getting this, you know, item that they is like the top of the top. Then yeah, that's. I mean, I guess it's not gambling because it's programmed in, but their yeah. main argument is that you always get something in loot boxes. That's the thing versus gambling. You could get nothing. But I think mm-hmm. that's a True. holds no water argument, basically. So if you don't get what you want, you basically got nothing. Exactly. Very true. 
I think the one game that's actually done loot boxes, not correctly, but the best is Overwatch, where it's strictly cosmetics and you earn them in-game. You can purchase them additionally, but it's not really limiting you to like only earning X amount of boxes a day. It's strictly cosmetic, and I I think that's fine. I I know we've come a long way from Oblivion Horse Armor DLC, but it's it seems like in the current world that's the best solution rather than you can shove a hundred dollars into your Xbox and get Darth Vader. Right. Just had to Google Oblivion Horse Armor DLC. That's from the <laughs> oh, unofficial no. Elder Scrolls. Uh, <laughs> game yeah okay i i totally know what you're talking about not larry yeah. what so, what mobile console i guess like are you iphone android like what are you playing on i'm playing on my pixel um oh okay pixel 3 pixel 4 pixel 3 no i'm not okay. i'm not fancy enough for pixel 4 <laughs> i guess or will you will you stick with that though that's now now we're in setson's area will you stick yeah. with the pixel <laughs> the techies uh, come in wait 5. wait hold on pixel pixel 4 <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean yeah it 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 works it it connects it does everything i need to and it's still a phone so larry yeah, i can I tell you're a phone hardcore enthusiast over there <laughs> oh absolutely you know, you know me i got the camera there's a couple on here uh nice. i changed well, I guess, my background do you hear about what apple is doing with apple arcade and i guess like what what's your take on that different model where you have maybe a game subscription and you get access to an entire library that theoretically frees up developers to avoid making the inbox the loot boxes and the in-game purchases i still think that's going to happen unfortunately i think they looked at xbox game pass and went we also would like to print money and, <laughs> and they they did it i think it's great i think it's a great market i think EA i've actually is doing used the exact it same thing. have any of you yeah. guys actually used it yeah i actually signed up for it Notably, did I actually review it on the podcast? No, I don't think you so. Not. I, I talked about it. Zach, what do you like? What's your yeah. take? Because besides Gabe, you're the only couple people I know who've actually used it. I really liked it. Um, I didn't see much microtransactions, honestly, in what I played. Um, I think there actually maybe aren't I was, any, isn't it? I was handpicking. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. But there are some good games on there, like Mini, or is it Mini Metro Ways? I don't know. It's a Mini Metro sequel. And then a bunch of other kind of like what the golf sign our wild hearts that's a great game um there's a lot of quality game at least you have to like more indie stuff but that's <laughs> i really okay. that's what it. that's what i thought what it was it was a lot of indie and like artsy games yeah which is i guess so, it could be a good thing that was i think sure. the point of it is that it empowered these indie developers to make a game they were passionate about and make it as beautiful as possible without having to worry about all right are people going to spend ten dollars on this game they've never heard of or you know, do, do we have to build in a freemium model? I think just bundling everything together uh, just gave developers that kind of freedom, which was interesting. And this, I think this is kind of like a segue into the Xbox Game Pass because I think, uh, Larry, you just mentioned that. What, like, what do you guys think about what Xbox is doing with their Game Pass? And how do you think that plays into their, I guess, strategy or, or future consoles? I think it's incredibly smart. It's allowing players who want to test the water with oh maybe i'll play a fighting game today maybe i'll play a sports game today maybe i'll play call of duty today it allows them to check out the market see what's going on and 
if they want to dive deeper into one game, they can purchase it and then cancel the pass, or they can just keep playing the pass. Either way, it's, it's a win-win for gamers, honestly. it's It allows more people to play more games for less money, and in my eyes, I see it as an absolute win. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Actually, I signed up because it's a dollar for your first month, and I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I've got a dollar lying around. Yep. Um, and of course, naturally... I don't have my Xbox anymore, so I have to get it on PC and I had to do a Windows update. Oh. But I mean, you know, like they're discounting it. So it's five bucks right now. I think the regular price is $10 a month, but you get access to, I think Zach and I checked, it was like over 200 games mm-hmm. just instantly, which is crazy. Yep. Or do if you, you think... can compare that to, oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, like, do you think that's going to hinder their Series X launch event if you? don't really need a series x to play all of their games like all of the first party studio games are just gonna be on game pass day one well we should also mention that that's uh partly because the xbox is they've said it's forwards compatible so a lot of series x games will be playable on previous gen and pc mm-hmm. um, they might just not run as smoothly as well. or oh well absolutely not <laughs> yeah but they'll that be playable they will be playable so it's that's really interesting <laughs> you can get i haven't heard of that no before. matter what <laughs> And PlayStation has something comparable to this, right? I know EA has their whatever they call it. I don't think PlayStation. I haven't heard of anything. So PS Now games. offers you to download some stuff. Uh, they haven't really marketed like Game Pass, though. So oh, okay. there, but there are like PS4 games that you can download and just play, which is strange because nice. I don't think it's known very widely. No, yeah, <laughs> or I'm understood. not aware of this. So yeah, and weird. they and we also we did talk about uh, or sets and reviewed Google Stadia. Mm-hmm. So I think this kind of brings us to cloud gaming. Now I'm a I'm actually a pretty big fan of it because I don't want to spend a bunch of money on hardware if I'm not going to game that often. And Stetson had fairly uh, favorable review, I would say. I, I loved it. I mean, we have great internet, so I didn't notice any lag or anything. And to me, like the harmony of cloud gaming is it gives you the flexibility to game on any device you want. And it kind of brings you back to that console experience where you can just turn it on and start playing. You don't have to worry about driver support or game updates or anything that could take away from the experience. It just kind of works. I don't know. What do you what do you guys think? Cloud gaming? Are you are you into it? Are you not into it? Are you guaranteed pre-ordering a console? I'm definitely in favor of cloud gaming. Like you said, it it just works. You turn it on, you don't have to update anything, it just works. Even consoles now, uh, the average working man, you know, might get to play every other weekend for a couple hours. And, you know, one day he boots up his console and he has a 20 gig update and he can't play that day. So <laughs> it's it sucks. Every, it, it really does suck when you set aside free time and you're not allowed or you, yeah, you just can't play because of outside factors so having or, the or ability waiting to, waiting for a game to download even too oh good lord but yeah just having the ability to play at any time is incredible it it really just comes down to latency and how fast the game can react and pretty much just how good your internet is i know you guys have really solid internet there but if you didn't let's say you had a standard what 40 gig not 40 gig 40 meg download yeah, yeah it's gonna I, be a little uh, sketchy then. I think yeah. they just drop it to like 720p. Obviously, oh, the, really? la- the latency is most important. So I think they limit quality in favor of the faster inputs. That's I better. like I haven't it's... tried it because I don't know. Like, <laughs> just you know, yeah, unplug yeah, your, Verizon, unplug your uh, PC real quick. I'd like <laughs> to uh, cap our internet at like 10 to 15. Yeah, just you gotta unplug kicks. your PC from the hardware. 
you gotta set it to your mobile hotspot, wrap yeah. it in tinfoil, and throw <laughs> it in the microwave. And then you can get the true latency experience. Yeah. yeah. And also, do you think game selection is really big too with this? Because I feel like that we were talking about that with N- Nintendo and, you know, Xbox with the backward compatibility. But because Stadia, for example, which is the main one we're talking about here, is so new, they don't have that many games. Stetson, what games did you play when you tried it out? I played Super Hot. I played the Turing Test. I played Destiny 2. I played, I think those were the main ones. I also got Metro Exodus, which was pretty fun. Okay. So it, it's interesting to see the game collection because that seems like very, not, I don't want to say generic, but they're on every platform. I think, yeah, yeah that's what Stadia likely has access to right now. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to have a lot of access to first party titles like halo or god of war or re8 or anything like that yeah i know like the the big release they've been pushing is assassin's creed valhalla but that's going to be on every platform so Mm -hmm. the interesting thing i think going forward with this is that because of this whole covid crisis and a lot of places are working from home i've heard actually that google is working with a lot of different game developers and game studios to use their platform in order to beta test because they can no longer have beta testers in an office testing in a room and giving them feedback so instead, they're distributing uh, the different builds out via Stadia, and then they're mm. testing it that way. That's awesome. Good modern workarounds. Yeah, I mean, right, exactly. Actually, this I think brings up probably the almost the crux of the gaming industry is the title exclusives because I don't think Stadia will get any exclusives, but Microsoft with their Xbox Game Pass, boom, you're getting all of the Microsoft exclusives there. And I mm. guess if if Sony decides to level up their PlayStation Now, like maybe you could get access to exclusives there. And then whichever one you sign up for basically comes down to, like, does it have the exclusive games I want? Yeah, I mean, that's the basis of the whole console wars in general. You you and your friends have to fight in the schoolyard about if you want to play Halo or Horizon. Killzone. It's... Everyone loves Killzone. Oh, boy. <laughs> You're going to schoolyards. <laughs> the Halo to killer. I don't, know if that's, I don't know if that's right. Being in your 20s and going to schoolyards, but... Okay. Yeah, we've actually hey. gotten kicked off campus. No, I love yelling at kids about Halo. Like, Halo Combat Evolved. Play it on the original <laughs> Xbox, not Xbox Meanwhile, One. They're just flossing over there. Uh, speaking like, kind of that told me to do that. <laughs> the future of gaming, we've touched a little bit on that with cloud gaming, mobile gaming, you know. Uh, but the thing I think still is kind of on the outskirts of the gaming community is VR and even more on the outskirts, AR. But with Apple releasing, you know, their iPhone in the fall, supposed to having depth sensing cameras on there, that will enable a lot better AR use. So will we see more adoption of these, you know, kind of better immersive technologies in gaming? Or do you think they're just too techy at this point? I think VR just needs to be easier to set up. PSVR is probably the best entry level, I'd say. Well, I guess people like phones. The problem is, is you need something that's a good enough experience. And I just don't think phones offer a... Um, something with enough uh, fidelity to be I, I really blow that. people's minds. So PSVR is the closest. Uh, I have a PSVR. I've played it once. Oh, no, twice. It is such a cumbersome task just to set up. <laughs> like you have a box. There's like seven cables. One goes to the to the back of a PS4. One comes out the front. There's like three separate things you need to plug into the wall. So it's like I'm just waiting for... And I guess the best is the um, Oculus Quest, Yeah, right? I was going to say Just Oculus Quest. I think, yeah, Ocul- Oculus is doing a lot of great things. But they so, don't really have the games. 
That's Predator. the problem. That's the problem with like all these new platforms. They don't have the games. They have Beat Saber. That's good enough for me. Have any of you I guys played that? Play or that. I've actually, I actually haven't. I've not. But in at college, we had uh, like a proper uh, studio space set up for vir- no for yeah for virtual reality, and I think we were using like we we're using a really high end headset. I think it was the Vive. Yeah, it was. I think it was the Vive. Vive and. It were it was so immersive, and you like you really do need a good like ten foot by ten foot square space to be able to move around. But being able to walk around and move in a game is so cool. Like I, it's a that is addictive. That is addictive. It's so immersive. It's um, Ready Player One, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's quite there yet, though. I think to Zach's point, it needs to be easier to set up for like, no one's going to, all right, this is going to be the dedicated VR room. We're going to measure this out. Let's get the sensors. Like, no one's going to do that unless you're hardcore. I'd, l- I'd love to see Ready Player One remade with today's VR technology. That have right now. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, I can't see. Oh, I'm glitching a out. Lot, oh. a, lot low, a lot lower stakes for sure. I froze. I don't know. I, I almost want to pivot this back to the PlayStation 5 because I think really the improvement to the gaming experience to my mind actually comes with what they're doing with 3d audio and the controller haptics i think those small tangible improvements will be more noticeable to the gaming community as well as the faster load times with the ssd i don't know ray tracing and yeah and ray tracing like larry like what do you think about 3d audio and like i guess the new hardware in the ps5 and then maybe we can jump to zach after i think it's excellent in regards of vr it'll be incredibly more immersive it'll allow you to just jump into a game and really feel like you're in the game oh i'm a reporter now but <laughs> a reporter it's <laughs> what game what game are you playing that you're a reporter no just like every game's journalist is like it really feels like you're in the game oh got to got yeah. you no i I'm thought you were just... saying that there was a game that you play as a reporter no oh. <laughs> <laughs> i wish that'd be awesome i i, I can but... see that yeah <laughs> That'd be, uh, I guess that could be a Superman game, right? Yeah, Yeah. plot twist. It is the Superman game. Yeah. Oh, Superman 64 release? Yep, there we go. (laughs) But but no, like it would allow for like, it would allow for more, like more technology gives developers more tools, right? As long as they're used correctly, those tools can be used in a crazy variety of ways. I can easily see 3D audio being like having a game that requires a full room to play. And maybe you could get, I don't know, incorporate AR into it a little bit. Maybe like a a puzzle room within your own living room, something like that, where you just have your little headset on. You don't need uh, headphones or anything like that. And it like drops of water from a corner or something. You got to check that corner. I can definitely see that happening. Yeah. And it'd be very, very interesting to see where, what people can do with that. Yeah, that's actually a fascinating connection. I, I almost meant that the subtle hardware improvements in the rumble and the 3D audio will make regular gaming more immersive. And I don't think it would be necessary to expand into to VR in that sense. But mm-hmm. I guess if you combine 3D audio in a in a virtual reality space, like all of a sudden, not only can you move around in your space, but the game can properly depict where sounds are coming from in relation to you. And I mean, that's immersion on a whole new level right there. Mm-hmm. Zach, what I guess, what do you think about what PlayStation 5 is doing with their the audio and, and the haptics i think that they aren't going to be as big as they're touting them now <laughs> i mean a lot of constant generations they come out with these uh they're not gimmicks but 
they end up being that. They're just cool tech that they're working on that's maybe implemented in a couple first party stuff. That's all that matters um, is it's cool tech. I lost you at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it is cool tech. And so <laughs> maybe you'll just play, you'll buy the one game that has 3D audio. I don't know. Five so, minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, it'll, it'll be really cool. It's just, I'm more excited for the, just the games itself. And who knows? I mean, we don't know how big the SSD is going to have an impact. I mean, we can just see Ratchet and Clank load worlds really quickly, but um, I don't know how much that's going to translate into other stuff. It all We just have to wait and see, I think. Yeah, I think we need like a, the consoles to just come out and we need a proper comparison and then everyone be like, oh, now we get it. scores and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Et cetera. Well, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, maybe we will have you back for a proper uh, coverage of the Xbox event. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to plug? I don't know, social media, just fun things charities i don't know whatnot i plugged my twitch earlier twitch.tv slash lc33 come check me out stream every day i don't got any plugs so we'll move on <laughs> pass plug the ps5 or something i don't know <laughs> what, what? they need more advertising uh, plug demon souls by demon souls remake hey there we so, go. that's good all right thank you guys so much for joining us larry and zach it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you for your gaming insights course everyone listening follow us at the pinch to zoom podcast leave us a rating on apple Podcasts, and that's gonna be it i'm stetson i'm gabe and you guys can say who you are again i'm zach i'm larry thank you for having us guys and we look forward to yeah we look forward to talking to you in the next episode boom there we go that's it we're out and now we have to now we usually talk a little bit here because we have like some little outro thing Oh, we got a little theme song. Well, no, it's like it's like we we just talk about other stuff that we wanted to talk about, and then I cut like a 15 second in of a conversation that's kind of funny or something. So can I talk more about my big swing? No, no, you cannot.